You're listening to Crazy Busy, the podcast for executives, entrepreneurs, and savvy fast trackers who want to start their week sane and end it that way too. Here's your host, growth strategist, executive coach, and millennial leadership mentor, Karen Bellantoni. My friend and I made a plan. We were finally going to get to that clam house, the one on the edge of town that we'd been talking about for years, the kind of place with sawdust on the floor, peanut shells, a big bar, and really fresh seafood. We agreed to meet there at one o'clock, and I got there a little bit early. We decided we were going to sit at the bar no matter what and it was already a little bit crowded, so I grabbed us a couple of seats. There were some construction workers who definitely got there earlier. They'd been putting down some beers for a couple hours. There was an older man sitting next to me who was part of that group. He seemed very excited to see a lady in a business suit pull up next to him. We started chatting and had a really lovely conversation, and then politely, when my friend arrived... I greeted her and turned to him and said, sorry to give you my back. It's been lovely having a conversation, but my friend's here now and we're going to have lunch. So nice chatting. I did that because I could see he might want to keep talking and I really didn't. So my friend and I started to chat. We began to order our lunch. We were really excited to have finally made it to this restaurant. And I started to feel pokes in my right arm. I kind of have this sensitive right arm. My left arm's probably the same way. It doesn't take to poking well. It actually hurts. So I turn around and say to him, I'm sorry, my friend's here now. I'm going to be having lunch. It was nice chatting with you. And about two minutes later, the poking started again. I guess my conversation had been so irresistible, but now it was starting to hurt and I was starting to get angry. And I didn't want to say something mean to the guy. After all, his intent was really sweet. But I turned around really quickly and I touched his hand that was starting to poke me again and said, I have a personal boundary. Nobody hurts me and you're hurting me with your fingers. Please stop. I thought he was going to cry. He had such a strong reaction. He said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to step on your personal boundaries. And out of the mouth of a construction worker who'd had many beers came the perfect response to someone sharing their boundaries. And I thought, wow, if it works here, it works anywhere. So today on the podcast, we're going to talk about personal boundaries. We'll talk about what they are, why people resist them, why people resist putting them up, and the different types of boundaries that we have, common misconceptions, and the how plus where we need to create them in our life. So what are boundaries? Well, a boundary is not a rule. And the reason is that boundaries are personal. They're what's okay and what's not okay for you. Not for all of society or everybody in a classroom. It's how you determine where your line is. So a boundary is flexible on your side, meaning you can change it. I have a boundary that says I don't eat things that have ingredients I can't pronounce. But sometimes when I go out to dinner, 
Yeah, I'm sure I'm being fed food, or there are supplements to the food that have ingredients that I can't pronounce. So I break the boundary because I want to go out to dinner sometimes or eat at someone else's house. So it's mainly a boundary that gets enforced in my own home. A boundary and having boundaries has to do with the direct relationship you have with yourself. Your feelings are your GPS. So if you don't trust your inner guidance system, you won't be able to set boundaries. And if you don't trust yourself, well, I guess you know, no one else can trust you either. So it's super important. Confident people have strong boundaries. And that's why they can be confident. Boundaries are easily spoken, and they aren't about what someone else can do. They're about you. In other words, you just can't have a boundary that says, my husband is supposed to bring me flowers every Sunday. That's not a boundary. But you can have a boundary that says you won't accept a relationship where you don't feel honored, loved, and cherished. And you may have some definitions around what that looks like for you. You can control what you say yes and no to, but not what other people do. So that's not a boundary. Here's an example of setting a boundary that focuses on you, but ends up being mutually beneficial. Recently, I was out to lunch with some friends and everybody had their phones on the table. It was disturbing to feel like they included all their friends and coworkers who could buzz us at any minute when we had so little time together and we just discussed, you know, how many months it had taken to get us all together with our busy calendars. So I said, I really cherish our time together and I put my phone away. I don't want to be triggered by looking at it and taking attention away from where I'm at right now. And I invite you guys to join me if you like. Everyone did. It was really powerful. By speaking about what I chose and where my line was, I encouraged other people to do the same. But I didn't make them wrong for doing what they were doing. Again, boundaries aren't right or wrong. They're kind of like your emotions, right? But boundaries are material, physical, emotional, sexual, mental, and spiritual. Let me explain how personal boundaries come in these six different forms. Additionally, there can be inner and outer versions of those forms. The first one is material boundaries. These material boundaries determine whether you lend or give things away, such as when we were young, you know, our clothing, our school books, even sharing our food at lunchtime. When we get older, material boundaries could be about money, our car, or even our home. Physical boundaries pertain to our physical space, our privacy, and our body. I'm a really big hugger, are you? Some people really prefer a handshake, and some people get really unnerved when they're hugged. So if you're that person, do you get really unnerved when someone hugs you and then you're afraid to share that? Or do you just come off as rude because you're unable to say, I prefer an old-fashioned handshake? Or, I prefer to shake your hand with a smile. Mental boundaries apply to your thoughts, your values, and your opinions. Are you really easy to pressure or make suggestions to? Do you cave in on your own belief system just because the group is in a different mindset? Or can you hold on to your opinions? Can you listen with an open mind without becoming rigid 
Emotional boundaries separate your emotions and your responsibility for them from someone else's. It's like an imaginary field that separates you from others. Healthy boundaries prevent you from giving advice too often or inappropriately or for blaming or accepting blame. Healthy boundaries protect you from feeling guilty for somebody else's negative feelings or problems and also just taking other people's words so personally. If you're highly reactive and can be triggered and easily emotional, it indicates you have weak emotional boundaries. This is where your internal boundaries can come in really strongly. Sexual boundaries protect you and keep your comfort level with touch, affection, and sex with who, when, where, and how. Spiritual boundaries relate to your beliefs, your experiences with whatever you consider a higher power. Communicating boundaries is an important part of having boundaries. Having them and not speaking them is sort of like being on a diet, but forgetting you're on it every day. (laughs) Or being in France, but not letting anyone else know you speak French. You're missing a key part of the relationship. Think of your boundaries as a new way to protect yourself and receive greater value and alignment out of your relationships. So if boundaries are such great things, why don't people want them? Here are the four reasons I believe people resist having personal boundaries. The first reason is just a general lack of confidence. When you care more about what other people think of you than what you think of you, You don't have boundaries. You allow people to cross your line and eventually it costs you. Number two, you think you're supposed to be here for people because you're an empath and a good person. This is misguided. Empathy isn't really feeling what someone else is feeling with them. You're separate. If you have boundaries, you can be empathetic with compassion, which is empathy in action, without losing your sense of self. Imagine what it would still be like to be an empathetic and a good person, but make sure you're protected. The number three reason people don't have boundaries or resist them is that they fear any sort of confrontation will get them in trouble or even point them out as some sort of troublemaker. One of the most popular programs I see on people is a program called I Don't Want to Be the One. A few weeks ago at my co-working space, we had some really loud construction noise going on. Jackhammers, all kinds of tools, power tools. It was crazy. As I walked down the hallway, I saw people just really struggling. In one particular office, a gal had her hands in her face. Her head was tilted down. I knocked on the door and said, hey, this noise looks like it's getting to you too. And she looked up at me with tears in her eyes and said literally the day before she'd gotten sick to her stomach from the jackhammering. She couldn't focus on work. She was stressed about getting her work done. And she just felt nauseous. When I asked if she'd gone upstairs to complain, she and her coworkers just stared at me blankly and said, I don't want to be the one. I moved from office to office, speaking to all kinds of people. The guy next was pretty mature and experienced. He had an old-fashioned accounting practice. He had a beer in his hand at two in the afternoon, and he said to me, yeah, I can't get much done, so I've just given up. 
I looked at him and said, have you called upstairs? I was just up there and they think I'm the only person experiencing a problem. And he said, oh, I I can do that. I just didn't want to be the one. It was shocking to me, the people who hadn't spoke up. They're paying rent. They have rights. We were told that there wouldn't be construction noise during work hours. And it was two in the afternoon. Something's really wrong here. But they just were afraid to speak their boundaries. And the last reason is people feel like they're punishing other people by putting up a boundary because they themselves are boundary breakers and they don't like having rules when they can call someone or when they can stop by unannounced or what they say when they want to say it. So they have kind of a false belief that by protecting themselves with a simple boundary, they're punishing others. You may have a little bit of stress the first time you share a personal boundary with somebody, but it's nothing compared to the amount of stress you can reduce when you have personal boundaries in place to protect you. So are you starting to see why you might want to have some good personal boundaries? I kind of think number one is because you deserve them. You deserve to protect yourself in the many places that you get triggered. Number two, your relationships deserve your personal boundaries. At one point, working at the same co-working space I am now, I met a new friend. And we used to say good morning every morning. And at some point, we became friendlier and actually went out on a few dates. Right around this time, I was housing a few interns. It was summertime. And a business partner of mine decided to join us over the summer. So my office got really active. I noticed that Joe, not his real name, had stopped saying good morning to me. And it really started to frustrate me. At one point, after maybe two weeks of this, I walked across the hall and said, what, you don't say good morning now? (laughs) He looked a little confused and said, you look upset. And I said, yes. Because it's confusing to me that we went on a few dates and now you no longer say good morning. And he looked at me really warmly and said, oh, Karen, I'm so sorry. I just saw all these new people coming into your office every morning. And, you know, I just didn't know where the line was. So here was someone actually waiting for me to share with him what my boundary was was trying not to cross my line, and it was really eye-opening to me. So in this case, not having a boundary wasn't helping my relationship with him, where stating where my boundary was would have helped create more closeness, more clarity, and more intimacy in our conversations. The number three reason you want to have personal boundaries are it's how we manifest If we're moving away from certain things in order to move towards other things, you need to have those guardrails in place, boundaries. In other words, if you're moving towards a promotion at work, but you tend to be late for meetings, then you'll need to put some internal boundaries up that say, I don't look at my email before I leave the house because that's what delays me and gets me into work late. Getting into work late is not going to get me that promotion. You'll have to set up some boundaries to keep you away from the habits that keep that promotion away from you. Same thing if you're trying to build a healthy business. You'll need to say no to some things in order to say yes to others. 
There are four burners on every stove for a reason. And if you've got an active family life or social life and you've got pretty good self-care in place and you're building a business, that might be all you can focus on right now. You kind of always need that extra burner in order to have the flexibility to move things around. Lastly, boundaries define you. They clearly delineate where you end and someone else begins. A boundary shows you and other people who you are and who you're not. Otherwise, you're just in a state of enmeshment, which is also known as codependence. When someone breaks your boundary, you frequently accuse them of getting under your skin or rubbing you the wrong way. Skin is a protective barrier, but it also, interestingly, represents 70% of our body. It's our biggest organ. Being rubbed the wrong way is painful. And once you've been rubbed the wrong way repeatedly, you start to build up a resistance. And this resistance will either cause you to blow up at this person, or worse, some other innocent bystander, or maybe even cause you to ghost the person because you just can't deal with them stepping on your boundaries anymore. You might think you're communicating, but you're not. To recap this, you deserve boundaries because you deserve to protect yourself, who you are, and the things you want. Many people make the mistake of allowing others to go too far because they're looking for acceptance. This causes people to kind of naturally step in and take advantage of your generosity because you're looking for approval rather than authenticity in your relationship. When we approve of ourselves and have strong self-esteem, we just don't need other people's approval. It's just the icing on the cake. So for those of you humming along who think, yes, I think I do need some boundaries now, here are some signs that you may have unhealthy boundaries or not strong enough boundaries. And this will help you know for sure where you need to place them. Number one, you can't say no. Frequently, I hold workshops on setting healthy boundaries. And if I ask a room full of 50 people, who here has no problem saying no? No one, absolutely no one raises their hand. Number two, you're a pleaser and you act against your own value system to fit into the crowd. Typically, you've got guilt later because you don't speak up when you feel you have something important to say and it nags you and really makes you feel lousy afterwards. Third, you think it's okay to be interrupted to accommodate somebody else in a meeting, at the dinner table, it could be in a social environment as well. In that moment, it hurts. But when you give in all the time just to be perceived as a good person, it can eventually impact how others perceive you. Fourth, you don't define your emotional needs in relationships. If they happen to get met, great. If they don't, you internalize and probably build up resentment eventually causing you to not feel very good about yourself when you don't receive. And again, more tummy aches and sleeplessness. You may even become overly involved in other people's dramas, almost drawn to it as a way to feel better about yourself. 
All this said, let's think about some areas you could be protecting yourself better. Where are the places you'd like to stick a boundary? And then we'll go ahead and talk you through how to set one up. After you finish this podcast, or you could even pause it now, you can download the worksheet that will help you walk through this exact exercise. If you're on my email list, you already received it. And if not, you'll be able to get a link in the show notes below. When I work with new clients, one of the first places we start is I have them open their journal to the last page. And I ask them to start thinking about their triggers. As they get triggered on a daily basis, even small triggers, they're to note them in the back of the journal. After about two weeks, the average person has four or five of these triggers, main triggers. That's where we're going to need to put boundaries to protect you so you don't get triggered. But for this exercise, I'm sure you can just think of one. Think about this trigger and what happens when you let it go without speaking up or without sharing how you feel. Here's an example. Maybe you're standing in a group of friends or coworkers and they start to gossip. And even though you don't want to participate, you feel kind of ashamed, almost like you did participate because you didn't speak up when you wanted to and agreed by not disagreeing. But these are friends or people you like and work with and you don't want to shame them. Where is the middle ground from saying, ew, you're a gossip and walking away to saying nothing? There are lots of things you can do. But one way is to suggest that you're working on not doing what they're doing, right? So if your friends are going to a bar and you're cutting back on drinking, you might say, I'd love to join you. But for the next couple of weeks, I'm cutting back on my drinking. So I'll take a rain check. Another way to handle it is to say I'm really interested in what's happening with blank and change the subject. Or you could say, excuse me and walk away. One of the cool things about boundaries is just removing yourself and not speaking in that moment can be enough. If someone approaches you later and says, why did you walk away? You can say, I'm working on a new habit where I don't talk about other people. So the first step for me is to remove myself from those discussions. I'd love to be part of the group, but not when the conversations go there. That way you're sharing what you're doing without shaming somebody else for doing what they're doing. It's so much more powerful to talk about what we are doing, what our decisions are, than to make somebody else wrong. I hope you guys have a great time. I'm going to stick with my commitment to myself. I'll see you in a few weeks for happy hour when I'm done with this cleanse. Another example I hear a lot is about money. If you're being pressured to make a spend and anyone who's been car shopping knows this one, you can say, I take 24 hours to make a big decision purchase, and I consider anything over $500 a big decision purchase. So I'll get back to you in 24 hours. Is that okay? No salesperson can argue with that. And if they do, they're stepping on your boundaries, and you'll just have to remove yourself. As you start to look at your triggers, think about a way you can frame the boundary so that it falls into this framework. Boundaries are easily spoken, meant to protect you, 
and flexible on your side. Rather than just looking at triggers, you could also think about a place in your life you're trying to grow and change. There could also be a place you're unprotected and need a boundary. When you continue to have an issue or a block about something you're trying to create, you may not be protected there. You may think, well, I continue to have an issue with ice cream when I'm trying to lose 10 pounds. So one answer could be not buying it or bringing it in the house. You can treat yourself outside the house once in a while, but keeping it in the house could be just too much temptation. Having a stronger personal boundary around that may protect the goal of your 10-pound weight loss. I've given you lots of examples, but if you need a short framework, and don't worry, it's also in the download for setting some healthy personal boundaries, it kind of goes like this. Step one, think about some areas of your life where you feel pushed over, not heard, or stepped on. Where are the repetitive actions that make you feel like you get stuck or not heard? For example, I have a wonderful client named Joan, not her real name, and she's got four kids, so we're in a very different lifestyle. I have no kids, and I live in New York City, and either I'm having a quiet night at home or I'm out having a good time or at an event. So when Joan repeatedly tried to schedule meetings with me at 8.45 and 9 p.m., that's when it was most convenient for her and her family time, I would push back. Eventually, it became awkward and uncomfortable, and I felt that pull to want to say yes when I really meant no. I know, for me, scheduling a call at that hour means somebody's not getting the best of me. And there's no way I want to interrupt dinner to go take a call and try to be present with somebody. So I had to kind of create this boundary, which says I don't do calls after 7 p.m. Nothing personal, right? It's not about them. It's about me. Is that flexible on my side? Absolutely. If I decide to change that, I can make that exception, but it's not for somebody else to change. So come up with these couple of places you feel you get nervous, you can get into trouble, you're already not being heard, or maybe it's something you're trying to create that you want to protect. The second step is think about the boundary that you need to set. Write it in any language you can to start. And then the third step is to think about how you can communicate this. Remove the emotion from step two and turn it into a power statement, just a sentence, like I don't take calls after 7 p.m. And then you have a new boundary. So I challenge you to choose one thing, one place in your life right now where you can set a boundary and write it down. As you find more triggers or goals, things you want to move towards, you can set more boundaries, but don't overdo it. Just take a real look at how you can improve your life experience by setting one boundary and have the bravery to communicate that one boundary with care to your family, your friends, your coworkers, your team. I would love to hear from you and know where you set that boundary and how you did with it. Until next time, leave crazy busy behind and become the leader I know you were meant to be.
Thanks for listening to Crazy Busy with Karen Bellantoni. Don't forget you can download your free boundaries worksheet at the link in the show notes or visit karenbellantoni.com to be signed up for the Crazy Busy email list. Tune in next week for a show called The Truth About Multitasking. <laughs>